The Lynn Group Advisors, LLC, is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Centers for Disease Control and or any other government agency. This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Lynn Group. This is The Wealth Puzzle with my good friend, my co-host, Tony Shore here. Tony, thanks for joining us. How yeah. You been, my friend. Thank you. I love being on the show with you, Mike. You know that. Woohoo. Woo-hoo. I love it, too. This yeah. The good well, times. I've had a great week. I've had a great week. Uh, weather, uh, where I'm at, finally better. Finally. Yeah. So had a nice one. Got a lot of yard work done, stuff like Good. that. Yeah. Good. So I feel like I've had a productive week. How about you? We just, you know, we just had a uh, birthday party. My oldest daughter turned 11. Oh, congratulations so, to her. Know, what? Birth- which one is that? What's her name? Her That's Kate. So she's she'll be going oh, yeah, into Kate. sixth grade. Yep. The, um... But, uh, you know, it's the, the quarantine birthday, so that was fun. But... You know, it's funny, actually. I bought a bike for her. She needed a new bike. She was getting too big for a bike. She was starting to look like a clown on it. And um, <laughs> so I got this bike off of uh, Walmart.com. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's like a full suspension mountain bike. It's like a nice matte blue color. It's got disc brakes and Shimano. I mean, it was it was a nice looking bike. I was surprised. Nicer looking than mine. It was 150 bucks. Not bad. Right. Well, I looked at Craigslist first thing, and oh, I bet you know someone's selling something. We could find something cool for, and you know, for really no more money, and get this nice brand new one in a box showing up at your doorstep. That's and, nice. But, but I was looking at it, and I was just so surprised. You know, how can someone afford to design this, create this, put all these parts together? It's all metal and all this stuff. And at, at this point, it's 150 bucks. It seems like nothing. So. Yeah, Especially I don't for what some people pay for bikes. Yeah, the the thing is I think profit margins are smaller than what they used to be because they're trying to sure. sell in bulk. Yeah. Uh so when they sell through some of the big box retailers like a Walmart or a Sam's or what have you, um mm-hmm. then I think there isn't a ton there must not be a ton of profit margin in there because obviously uh, I am surprised at the price of bikes too. Uh, the last bike we bought for one of my daughters, we also looked at Walmart and I'm like Whoa, this is a really decent bike for about $120, right? <laughs> right, right. Surprising. Yeah, I mean, it's less than what I paid for bikes when I was that age. Which I is know, but then crazy. free shipping and, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just crazy. So uh, she was very excited about that. So that was. Oh, that's neat. So she got a bicycle climactic. for her birthday. That's, that's classic. It. Yeah, that's So she awesome. can only ride it, you know, in front of our house. That's it. She's not allowed to go into the street. She's not allowed to go anywhere else. Quarantine. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, but, how old is she? <laughs> she's 11. 11. <laughs> was yeah. more of a was more of a joke, but the um <laughs> no, but that was fun. That was nice. Life is good. So, yeah. Hey, now we're kind of back into the thing. Obviously, for the last number of weeks, Tony, you and I, we've spent a lot of time talking, talking, talking 
um, you know, beating the war drum here on the coronavirus, on the numbers, on the economy, on economics, on retirement income planning. You know, this has been a pretty resounding theme, right? You turn on the news, you turn on the radio, you talk to your friends, you go on Facebook. We are all over inundated with the same thing. Now, the one most fascinating thing to every to the whole thing, Tony, for me is I do not care what news channel you turn on, but for some reason, mysteriously, everything every hour is breaking news. Yeah, it is, yeah, isn't it? I've got CNBC <laughs> on right here, and the corner says breaking news. You know, but they're telling, talking about a story that that came out on Friday. It's breaking. Everything's breaking news, and so I have to admit, my friend, I'm a little burnt out on breaking news. But uh, but hey, you know what? Um, let's kind of get into it. Let's talk some of the numbers. Obviously, big picture, the coronavirus is front and center. It still has huge, massive economic event, uh, effects. There's still you know a lot of social distancing, a lot of shutdowns, a lot of things going on in the country. I'm an, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a person of numbers, Tony, right? We just keep talking about that stuff. So I was just online this morning, you know, pulling up the numbers and kind of looking at the deal. I mean, one of the things just on face value that is so fascinating to me is Ventura County where we live. Our recovery rate is over 70%. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, we, we, whether we're lucky, whether we're blessed, whether it's just, you know, whatever the thing was, you know, Ventura County has truly gotten off pretty unscathed compared to other counties around us wow. and yeah, certainly other say. parts of the country. Yeah, that's um, very fortunate. You know, we have total cases in the last number of months totaling under 600, you know, with, you know, like 400 of them fully recovered. And, you know, I think we've had 17, 18 people, unfortunately, pass away. But still, once again, relative to other areas, mathematically, it is very attractive. Uh, rather live here than certainly in New York State or something like that. Right. The, um, globally, though, one of the things I like to follow is I like to follow the global recovery rate because I think that that tells an important story. Remember, for recovery rate to increase as a percentage, everybody, you need more people recovering than getting sick mathematically for that number to increase. And as I followed it over the next the last couple of weeks, the global recovery rate rate just two or three weeks ago was about 20%. And at the moment, I just checked it this morning, it's about 31%. It's increasing. That's phenomenal. People are getting better and they're getting better at a higher margin than are getting sick. You then go into daily cases globally of how people have been getting you know, sick. And, and a huge part of the problem, Tony, that everyone can agree with is testing, right? We don't know how many people have gotten sick. We don't know how many people have recovered because there hasn't been enough testing all around the world. The U.S. is doing a massive amount of testing in comparison to a lot of other places. Uh, certainly, they still get chastised for that, but still, they're doing a lot of testing. But what's interesting to me is when you look at global new reported cases, for about a month now, when you go look at the bell curve on it, it skyrocketed in the beginning of March all around the world, right? It was going straight up like a missile into April. And ever since the beginning of April, it has good days, bad days, good days, bad days kind of a thing. But it has truly really plateaued around this like 80,000 cases a day number. That's still a lot of people, but you know, 80,000 divided by 8 billion, not a huge number mathematically. But the nice thing is, is it's not still growing exponentially as it was in March. It has really plateaued. You can really see the shaping of that bell curve taking place, which is really cool. We also see an increase in the recovery rates. You know, um, just a day ago, 
the daily recovery rates had actually perked up to 60,000. A lot of people getting better. That's phenomenal. The mortality rate, you can look at the little chart, the bell curve, it's starting to kind of soften off. Less and less people as a percentage of new cases are passing away. These are all good things. And then bada bing, bada boom, we end up in the United States, right? Our friendly U.S. Yep. I'm pretty sure I checked this on four days ago on Friday. We're recording this on Monday, the 4th right now. And I believe it was 11.5% was the U.S. recovery rate. And here we are Monday the 4th, and it's at 15.5%. Yeah, it's going up. That's good. That's a pretty big perk up. I like to see that. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that's That's phenomenal. And there's so many other countries with high recovery rates. You know, even Iran is reporting 80%, Brazil, 40%, Turkey, 50%, Germany, 70%, France, 30%. We were behind a lot of those European countries and Middle Eastern countries and things like that with this. So it's nice that we're doing a lot of testing and our recovery rate is still increasing. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Doesn't mean we're out of the woods. Doesn't mean it's not a problem. Doesn't mean you want to get sick, but at least these are positive indicators as the this projects and moves out. So that's what we like to see. Yeah, well, for sure. And uh, I, I like the fact that there is good news. I do have to bring up one point that uh, I find interesting and would love to get your thoughts on this. You know our government, and you I know how much you love our government and the way they work <laughs> and how smoothly yeah. everything always works. Uh, always- you talk... You talk about that all the time, about how much you love the government. So uh, right. I'm being facetious, but but uh, I talked to somebody who manages uh, trusts for some of his clients, and oh. he said he said that he had a client that deceased, but he still manages the trust for that client's family, right? Sure. And sure. he got a check from the government, from the IRS, uh, one of the stimulus checks oh. okay. for the deceased client made out to the deceased client's name. Sounds about right. And in parentheses behind that person's name, on the check itself was printed deceased. Um. (laughs) And it was a $1,200, one of the $1,200, what do you call it? Um, Yeah, yeah, that $1,200 stimulus thing they gave everybody. Yeah, the stimulus check. Yep, yep, yep. 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 He got the stimulus check for his his dead client. after it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it had deceased written on the check. What do you do with it? Do you cremate the check to give it to him? How do you? What do you do with the check? I don't know. He said, "I have two choices. I can just tear up the check and ignore it, or I can let send it back, or let them know, or I can deposit it into the trust for the family." I mean, uh, you know. But he said, you know, to be to do the right thing, I'll probably tear it up or let the government know they made a mistake. Sure. Because well, you're gonna, we're all going to have to pay that back in taxes anyway. But, you know, there's they're, they're throwing trillions of dollars out there. And in, in the government's defense, they're literally sending out hundreds of millions. They have hundreds oh, yeah. of millions of people to deal with. And yeah. so there are going to th- be things that fall through the cracks. But that is the third person, uh, the third instance where it's been confirmed with people I know. One showed me the check that they've gotten checks wow. in the mail for a deceased person, like a deceased parent. Wow. Yeah. You yeah. know, it just, and, and honestly it speaks to the bigger issue. I mean, the people that need help need help. I can totally appreciate that. But with the nature of what I do, Tony, I deal with a lot of older retired people 
who the majority of which their income has not changed through this. So not to be mean, it's not fun that everyone can get a check in the mail. How exciting is that? But the reality is, was that truly necessary? You know, did we need to throw out all of these checks and spend all of that money willy nilly when so many people have pensions and social security and investment cash flow and a rental property and their income and their cash flow hasn't really changed? Um, so I don't know. I, you know, I, I, if we didn't have a deficit, if we didn't have a national debt, you know, I, we could, we could be as, you know, fun as we wanted with the, uh, government's checkbook, but it just seems bizarre. I mean, I was looking at the, the, um, the, the debt to GDP ratio for the government, you know, there, you can go to usdebtclock.org. It's crazy. You know, that number consistently in the last couple of years was like 105% and it just jumped up over 130%. It's crazy. Wow. You know, and, yeah, well, I mean, you, you look at insane. Greece going out of business when it was, they probably hit like 125 or something. So, right. <laughs> you know, but hey, woo, let's spend some money. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, let's spend some money. But the that's T with trillions. Uh, we're not talking about a billion dollars or no, it's crazy a hundred billion dollars or even five hundred billion dollars. We're talking about multiple mm. trillions of dollars being no. put out I, there. Yeah. When I get it, I get the thirty million people that went on unemployment in the last six yes. weeks. You know, they, those they people need, need help. They need the help. Total, yep. Totally get it. Now, granted, in a situation like this. There's going to be a huge amount of fraud, a huge amount of drama. I mean, geez, look at the pushback all of a sudden with that paycheck protection program where you got, you know, Fortune 500 companies, you got publicly traded companies, everybody's taking loans in the Small Business Administration. Um, you know, there's just going to be so much fraud and so much craziness. And, you know, I'm sure when the coronavirus subsides, it, this will become the land of coronavirus lawsuits. And that'll yeah. be the that'll be the new crisis. Is everybody will just love to sue everybody over their work situation and their situation and their situation and their situation, right? You know, um, yeah, that's crazy. the problem. In our our society has become so litigious. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, you know, they get lawsuit happy, and this whole thing. You're right. I oh, think that's going to be gonna a be big. A pro that's going to be a big problem. I mean. Absolutely. You know, it's, I mean, it's a that's bath. just, yeah, then it's a it's gonna be bath. crazy. That's too bad. Yeah. I so mean, that's tough. Geez. Really I mean, you, you want people to depressing. be able to sue if they're legitimately, you know, if there are legitimate problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, wow. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? When I was uh, like 16 or 17, so I'm almost 40. So I can tell this story because it hopefully it was long enough ago that no one holds it against me. I was uh, driving a little old Toyota truck. It was an 87 little Toyota single cab, you know, a little tiny truck, light little truck. And I'm driving down Main Street, Ventura, and I come to a red light and I stop. And this is a, it's like a four speed little manual truck. And I don't, I don't remember what happened exactly. I wasn't paying attention, obviously, as a 16, 17 year old and somehow let my foot off the brake just a little bit, you know, where just the truck rolled and yep. it just rolled right into the car in front of it. And so I was yep. from a pure stop rolled into the car in front of me. Cause there's just a light downgrade driving down main street Ventura. And you know, my little junker Toyota truck, you know, just couldn't handle it. It, it tweaked the grip. I hit a truck that was bigger than me. And so I, uh, 
my my hood kind of folded up a little bit. My my grill got pushed in a little bit because I hit like the I don't know, like the the trailer hitch or something of sure. a bigger truck. Oh, so yeah. you know, I my truck gets all beat up. Yep. And the other car's got like a little scrape on the bumper from you know, I mean, no more than like those indentions you would get from like the bolt of a license plate hitting it, kind of a thing. Right. And so this guy gets out of the truck. This guy is huge. I mean, this guy's gotta be six six, just covered head to toe in tattoos, and you know, I'm I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I got a problem. This guy's about to step on me. Yeah. Yeah. And anyways, nicest guy on earth. Oh my gosh, Tony, this guy. Oh, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it, man. Oh, your truck. Oh, it's all beat up. Bummer. I'm so sorry. Shaking my hand, getting my insurance. Don't worry about it. This, you know, these things happen. Life is good. And he made me feel so good about it because I felt so horrible. I mean, you know, you're young. This is like my first car accident. Thank goodness it wasn't severe and nobody's hurt and it's no big deal. And this guy's like, basically patting me on the back and, and, and really consoling me because I was upset and, and turned out to be the nicest dude. Anyways, a few days later, I get a call from the insurance company and the insurance company is saying, what did you do to that guy? He's, you know, you must have hit him pretty good because he's suing us. He has neck damage and, you know, his back's broken and, all, you know, whatever the deal was. And at my young age, I remember being confused and thinking, huh? Are we talking about the same person here? You know, the guy that hopped out of his truck and was super nice and we were all friendly and chitty chatting that I, you know, I, I barely even, you know, smudged his car. And, um, <laughs> you know, that I guess later in life, I look back on that experience as a, a good lesson in unfortunate human behavior. Um, you know, sometimes we all get a little ahead of ourselves with uh, opportunity. Yep, we do. So, yeah. So, so to look at something like the coronavirus, you know, I could, I can really suspect. I mean, we saw lawsuits, class action lawsuits, for the cruise lines for the people trapped on the cruise ships while they were still on the ship. They, they hadn't yep, even. They were off on the, the phone yet. with their lawyers, and yeah. they had already filed lawsuits. I mean, you know, it's just incredible. And you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm a pretty practical person. I realize nothing in life is perfect. And, you know, if people didn't intentionally do the, the cruise ship, didn't try to do anything bad, they were screwed. <laughs> They're in a bad spot. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? We're getting too carried away. Yeah. Tony, where are you going with this conversation? Come on, man. Let's talk. Uh, <laughs> let's talk some numbers. Let's get some some good stuff. You're going to put this one on me. Well, you did talk about the, some of the good numbers in the, um, you know, the rate uh, of people getting better. Yeah from the coronavirus so that is good news well let's talk about the bad economics then right yeah good we had good coronavirus now we got bad economics right we've got 30 million people filed for unemployment over the last six weeks that gets your unemployment rate with working people to like 15 percent what were we at 3.6 3.4 something like that now we're at basically 15 percent that is the highest jump since the unemployment index claim started in 1948 um to put that in perspective 1933 remember that old great depression they love to talk about uh you, you had about a 25 percent you know peak on the unemployment rate this is crazy you know i mean that's a lot of people hopefully as governments and things open back up that number will subside if employers are capable of hiring back quickly we will see you then look at gdp right the gross domestic product 
How is the country doing? Are we making any money? Finally, the first quarter is over, Tony. We finally have the data. First quarter GDP declined, right? We had a contraction in the first quarter of 4.8%. Now, granted, don't hold that number to yourself or me or anybody because what happens every you know month mysteriously? They always revise those things. So we'll see what the revision is. But round one from the government, negative GDP market contraction, 4.8%. Now, advance that. We're in the second quarter, Tony, right? Do you yep. think we're just going to have a 4.8% decline again in GDP? Well, <sighs> I don't know. Probably not. No, so, it's going to be worse. Well, think about it, right? Uh, U.S. economy was firing on all cylinders January and February. Remember, we were creating all those jobs and all the data was phenomenal. Yep. Huge. We didn't even shut down the U.S. till the second week of March, which was only two weeks to the end of the quarter. It's amazing how those two weeks just right there can skew everything so much. You now come into a time period where, you know, it's already been closed. Originally, they were estimating the second quarter GDP to be down 15, 20% were kind of the first numbers I started to hear, leaning towards that 20% down GDP. Dude, I'm reading a lot of stuff, Tony, that is now in the range of 30 to 45% down. Yep. Like, this, that's nutter butters. You want to put that in perspective? You, can you guess what the worst historical quarter GDP decline has ever been historically before this quarter? Nope. Any guess? Oh, just throw a number out there. I don't know. You're, you're a party pooper today. <laughs> I'm a party pooper. Come on, I, I, would have, yeah. I couldn't even fathom even it. Even me. So in the 50s when we had the Asian flu, so yeah, a very yeah. similar pandemic. See, I knew you had the answer anyway, Mike. Why well, would You know me. <laughs> man of, man I was of told there would be no math, no I'm numbers. A man of answers. The uh, the worst one quarter GDP contraction we have ever had was during the Asian flu back. It was either the late forties, early fifties, right there somewhere. And the one quarter GDP contraction was negative ten percent. Oh, I mean, think about that. The worst we've ever had was ten percent. Even in 08, remember the the crisis yep. of a hundred years. Yeah. The worst one quarter contraction we had in in 08 was like eight and a quarter percent. Hmm. We're about to have, who knows, but possibly a 30 to 45% decline in GDP in one month. I mean, talk about blow the doors off the, the car here. I mean, this is incredible. It's actually incredible. I mean, it's so bad. It's incredible. It's interesting. Well, yeah, we, it's thought, we, thought, we thought eight was bad. Or we nine. thought eight was bad. You know, yeah. we thought four and a half was bad. Well, supposedly this one's going to be bad. Now, granted, it's an interesting issue, right? Because historically, you don't have these strong governmental interventions to create recessionary periods. You know, so will this all spring back to life, right? You know, as soon as they start lifting restrictions, will people get hired? Will activity pick up? Will all of these things spring back to life? Honestly, I don't know. I, my, my concern is, is the longer that it goes with shutdowns, the more of the economy that just can't come back, right? There's just not enough people with deep enough pockets to, to weather it. I've heard a lot of people apply for that paycheck protection loan to keep their employees paid and all that stuff. And guess what? Out of that, I've heard a significant number of them haven't even heard anything. They don't know anything. And it's already going on six weeks. You know, so unless you have all this money in the quay to keep the party going at work, people got problems. 
So even if you can get a little loan, even if you can get things from the government, at some point, there's just no coming back from it. And I've heard those stories. You know, I was talking, who are we talking to that, um, can't remember. Maybe it was on the news, but just, you know, someone talking about the restaurant around the corner that they get their lunch at twice a week for the last 30 years, close the doors permanently, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. It's brutal. I hate to hear that stuff, but Hey, look, big picture, everybody. The reason we talk about this stuff is not to be negative or party poopers. It's because it's all about you, right? It's the plan. It's the process. Just because there's big picture issues, you have to be that much more vigilant about your own personal decisions when it comes to your finances, your income, your taxes, your cash flow, your happiness, whatever it is, you have to be the one. What is it? What is it? Grab the bull by the horns kind of deal. Yep. Yeah. We you got to You got to take so. control. And I think you desperately need to get a second opinion on where you're at or a first opinion if you don't have a written plan in place, right? especially for retirement accounts and investments. So to wrap things up, let our listeners know how they can make sure and rest easy about their own yeah. finances during all this turmoil. Yeah. So obviously the easiest thing to do is give our office a call 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. You can visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. The Lind Group, uh, Lind is L-Y-N-D. We're located here in Ventura, California. We do complimentary, no cost consultations up front so that we can help build a retirement income plan that is immune to a lot of this market drama. uh, A lot of the things that you're concerned about at the moment. At the moment, because of all of the shutdowns and all of the craziness, it's very easy for us to set up webinars, phone conferences, all of the things that you might need to feel comfortable to be able to communicate with us and be able to get the answers that you need. I would also reference people to obviously subscribe to our podcast, visit our YouTube page where we post economic videos and information, but we're here for you. So just give us a call, 805-500-7035. We appreciate all the feedback we get from the show. And as always, I certainly appreciate, Tony, you being here with me to, um, you know, have some fun with. Oh, no problem. I thought it was a great show. And it's interesting. It's it's good to know where we're at economically and with the coronavirus and with what we can do with our own finances. And that does it. We're out of time for today's episode of The Wealth Puzzle with our host, Michael Mansfield. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lind Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.